Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about Beshit's disease. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash Beshit's or in the rheumatology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Beshit's disease is a complex inflammatory condition and it's characterized by the presence of recurrent oral or genital ulcers. And this is the key fact that you should remember for your exams. It's associated with oral and genital ulcers. It can also cause inflammation in a number of other areas such as the skin, the gastrointestinal tract, the lungs, blood vessels, musculoskeletal system and central nervous system. The presentation can vary a lot between patients and some patients may be only mildly affected whereas others can be dramatically affected. There's a link with a particular gene called HLA-B51 and this can be used as a prognostic indicator of severe disease. So where people have this gene, they're more likely to have severe disease. We need to talk about the differential diagnosis of mouth ulcers because mouth ulcers are a key feature of Bechet's disease. However, they're also very common in people who don't have Bechet's disease. And there's a long list of differentials to mouth ulcers. The most common is simple aphthous ulcers. And these are small, round, white-coloured ulcers that are very common in otherwise healthy people. A single persistent mouth ulcer may make you think about squamous cell carcinoma. You can also have ulcers due to herpes simplex virus. There's a condition called hand, foot and mouth disease caused by the Coxsackie A virus, where you get ulcers on the hands, the feet and in the mouth. Inflammatory bowel disease, particularly Crohn's disease, can cause mouth ulcers. Inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis are also associated with mouth ulcers. And oral ulceration can be related to folate deficiency. So all of these things can cause ulceration in the mouth. So mouth ulcers doesn't automatically indicate Bechet's disease, although severe recurrent ulcers should make you think about the diagnosis. So what are the features of Bechet's disease? Well, we've already talked about mouth ulcers. And patients with Bechet's disease are expected to get at least three episodes of oral ulcers per year. They're painful, sharply circumscribed erosions with a red halo, so a red area around the ulcer. They occur on the oral mucosa and typically heal over two to four weeks. Another feature is genital ulcers, and genital ulcers are similar in appearance to the oral ulcers. A term called kissing ulcers is used to describe where an ulcer develops on two opposing surfaces that are facing each other. So this could be an ulcer that occurs on one thigh where it meets the scrotum and ulcers occur on both areas directly opposing each other and they may come into contact in certain positions. There are also a number of skin features of Bechet's disease and the skin becomes very easily inflamed in Bechet's disease and particular skin findings are erythema nodosum which remember are painful subcutaneous nodules on the shins, papules and pustules which can look similar to acne and vasculitis type rashes. It can also affect the eyes and where there's eye manifestations of Bechet's disease they need an emergency review by ophthalmology 
as they can be sight-threatening complications. It can cause anterior and posterior uveitis, retinal vasculitis, so vasculitis affecting the retinal vessels, and also retinal hemorrhage. Beshets can also affect the musculoskeletal system and cause stiffness of the joints and muscles in the morning, arthralgia, which is achy joints, and it can cause an oligoarthritis affecting a knee or an ankle, and this causes swelling without destruction of the joint. It can also affect the gastrointestinal system, causing inflammation and ulceration throughout the gastrointestinal tract, but it tends to affect the ileum, the cecum, or the ascending colon. It can affect the central nervous system, causing memory impairment, headaches and migraines, aseptic meningitis, so meningitis or inflammation of the meninges, without a bacterial or viral infection, and it can cause meningoencephalitis. It can also affect the veins, so in Bechet's disease, the veins can become inflamed, and this can cause venous thrombosis or clots developing within the veins. These thromboses tend to stay in place and they don't embolize as they're related to inflammation within the vessel wall rather than a blood clot forming on its own inside the vessel. Some examples of where it affects the veins are Bud Chiari syndrome, where there's thrombosis within the hepatic vein, deep vein thrombosis occurring in the legs or the upper limbs, thrombus in the pulmonary veins, and central venous sinus thrombosis within the brain. Beschets finally can also affect the lungs, causing pulmonary artery aneurysms, and if these rupture, they can be fatal. So anybody with Beschets disease presenting with hemoptysis or coughing up blood needs urgent emergency admission to hospital for management. So what investigations can we do if we suspect a patient might have Beschets disease? Well, it's a clinical diagnosis, so mostly the diagnosis is based on the features of the condition. One key investigation to be aware of is the pathogy test. The pathogy test involves using a sterile needle to create a subcutaneous abrasion on the forearm, so scraping a small subcutaneous line along the forearm using a needle. This is then reviewed 24 to 48 hours later to look for a wheel of 5 millimeters or more in size. And a wheel is a swelling under the skin caused by an immune reaction to the abrasion with the needle. This tests for non-specific hypersensitivity in the skin. It's positive in Bechet's disease, but it can also be positive in other conditions like sweet syndrome and pyoderma gangrenosum. So how is the condition managed? Well, management of Bechet's disease is coordinated by a specialist, usually a rheumatologist. Other specialties may be involved depending on the affected areas, for example, dermatology, ophthalmology or neurology. And management involves a combination of topical steroids to treat the mouth ulcers, so these could be soluble beta-methasone tablets, systemic steroids like oral prednisolone, Colchicine is usually effective in treating the symptoms and colchicine is an anti-inflammatory medication that's worth remembering as being specifically used in gout and Bechet's disease. Topical anaesthetics can be used for genital ulcers such as lidocaine ointment. Immunosuppressant medications such as azathioprine can be used as well as biological therapies such as infliximab. So what's the prognosis? 
Well, Bechet's disease is a relapsing remitting condition and patients generally have a normal life expectancy and the condition may go into complete remission. There is an increased mortality if a patient has hemoptysis or if they have neurological involvement or other major complications. But thanks for listening to this episode on Bechet's disease. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. It wouldn't be possible to maintain the podcast without his hard work and reliability. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd be really grateful for a rating or review on the iTunes podcast store. If you want written notes on this topic and all the other podcast episode topics, you can head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. You can also find everything for free, including notes, videos, illustrations, and a question bank on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on gout.